Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. December 1998. Six NASA astronauts are about to open a new chapter in space exploration. Their mission, to assemble the International Space Station, the first permanently manned satellite to orbit the Earth. Jerry Ross is the spacewalk mission specialist. When you're starting to lay the cornerstones of something as important as the International Space Station, you're, you're pumped and you want to get on with the program. If the other one has a dash one, then you've uh, hit the nail on the head. Seven days into the mission, Ross and fellow astronaut Jim Newman are installing thermal protection on the new space station when someone spots something unexpected. The crew member said, what's that? And I'm starting to look around, trying to understand what's that? What are they talking about? The crew immediately follow NASA's UFO sighting protocol. The first thing we try to do is to take pictures of what we see so that we have photographic evidence. Back on Earth, the photographs create an instant sensation in the UFO community. They see a link to a mysterious object from the 1950s, known as the Black Knight. Greetings, Hushtillians. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our first commander, Slick Frank Sanders. Space isn't real. Space isn't real. I'm not a commander. I'm a fallacy. I'm a fallacy. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. How you guys doing? Mike, Dave, pleasure to see you, boys. I like, you know, Frank. I like your intros as of late. Yeah, because it's you know we set you up, and you're you always have a, a great comment to go along with it. Well, I'm not just gonna let you call me those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an episode PSA. What did we call him for Vatican altar boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cadets. According to a more recent conspiracy theory, an extraterrestrial spacecraft has been in near polar orbit around the Earth for nearly 13,000 years. And NASA is hiding its existence and origin. The myth about the phenomenon began with possible mentions in prehistory, like we said, and throughout the centuries but really took hold with Nikola Tesla in the late 1800s, where he possibly located the anomaly via radio frequency. This object has also been observed through a telescope, and the United States Air Force reported it in the 1950s, and it was mentioned in the 1960s and 1970s with three hypotheses, earthly, natural, or extraterrestrial. Yet it wasn't fully photographed until STS-88 in 1998. Could this object be from another civilization that has been watching us for thousands of years? We're going to investigate. That's right, Hushlings. We're breaking it in. We're doing the Black Knight. 
But before we launch ourselves into low orbit, just want to remind you of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we are twitting the twats. <laughs> to go along with this episode, UFO Twitter has been blowing up lately with a lot of the things that are going on with the current disclosures and this new guy coming out and all this other stuff. But I have also found that UFO Twitter is very toxic. Very toxic. I mean, it's social media. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of, like, personal attacks going on over there. People, like, tweeting at each other, calling each other pedophiles and mm. terrible names. And it's just, it's a terrible, terrible thing. This episode <laughs> is definitely UFO heavy. Yes. We can definitely have a little bit of discussion of what's going on. There's multiple whistleblowers, too. But if you want to check out everything Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, head on over to HushHushSociety.com. One-stop shop. You can listen to episodes just like this one, read our blog, check out some merchandise, check out all the links that Mike mentioned, buy us a coffee, check out our Patreon, and you can check out our video portion on Rockfin. That's right. That link on our website takes us right over to rockfin.com slash society where you will find all of our video debriefings. You can see our faces. You can listen to the episode while actually getting visual cues, some visual, uh, what, what do you call it? Stimulation. Go over, get stimulated. Rockfin.com. Hush Hush Society. Hit subscribe. I'm fully stimulated. Dude, so fucking stimulated right now. <laughs> I'll say one more thing before we jump into this. Please, please, we enjoy them. We love them. We read every comment and appreciate all of them, the good and the bad. Leave us a review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. There's a couple other ones out there, Podchaser. But most importantly, on our website, you can also leave us a personal message and tell us how we're doing. It makes us a better show. Help us out. All right, boys. Well, right now, more than 100,000 other satellites are orbiting Earth. A satellite can be really any object. It's just a name that they give to space debris, really, that's stuck in our orbit. The moon is technically a satellite, so sometimes the phrasing used is artificial satellite versus natural satellite. The Black Knight satellite is believed to be an artificial satellite and one that might not have human origins. So this thing is still orbiting Earth? Yeah, when was the last sighting? It was like... Uh, I believe 2018? Still around. Let's go back to the beginning, guys. The story truly begins with our boy, Nikola Tesla. He made groundbreaking discoveries with electricity such as turbine engines, fluorescent and neon lights, the X-ray, the infamous Tesla coil, and wireless radio communications, which is where we're beginning at today with this story. In May of 1899, Tesla moved to Colorado Springs where he would investigate atmospheric electricity, observed lightning signals via his receivers. Tesla stated that he observed stationary waves during this time. During these observations, he began hearing the radio waves because he had perfected a highly sensitive wireless radio receiver that eventually received a series of unexpected electrical signals. He interpreted them as a series of numeric codes. More appreciation for Tesla, man. I tell you, the more you read about that guy. He did so much and got so little credit until after he was gone. Fucking Edison. He got screwed. 
He mentioned these signals in a letter to reporter Julian Hawthorne at the Philadelphia North American on December 8th of 1899, and also in a December 1900 letter about possible discoveries in the new century to the Red Cross. He stated, quote, While experimenting in Colorado, I obtained extraordinary experimental evidence of the existence of life on Mars. Well, I had perfected a wireless receiver of extraordinary sensitiveness, far beyond anything known, and I caught signals which I interpreted as meaning one, two, three, four. I believe the Martians used numbers for communication because numbers are universal, end quote. Very true, very true. Are numbers universal, though? Math is the universal Math is language. universal, yeah. Who says that we didn't make numbers up? The Martians. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, when we, we made numbers up in the way that we write them, I would imagine, but there's got to be some... Yeah, because that's how we make sense of things. <laughs> I'm bad at math, dude, so I don't know. I guess you could say patterns. You could use patterns, the, the word yeah. patterns. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. In a February 1901 Collier's Weekly article, Tesla recounted his experience, quote, the changes I noted were taking place periodically with such a clear suggestion of number and order that they were not traceable to any cause then known to me. The feeling is constantly growing on me that I had been the first to hear the greeting of one planet to another, end quote. Now, friends, you might be asking yourself, how do these signals interpreted by Tesla relate to the Black Knight satellite? Some believe that the numeric sequences he recorded were generated by this object that's circling around Earth. Experts have since determined that these radio pulses were most likely naturally occurring signals emitted by space objects, specifically pulsars while in orbit. According to current theory, Tesla heard a pulsar, which is a distant celestial body that emits regular pulses of radio waves. Indeed, the Black Knight could have emitted such pulses, but that still doesn't explain what the alleged object is. What do you think it is, boys? What do we think that the Black Knight is before we move any further into this? Looking at it, if you like sci-fi, you can interpret it as like an alien probe or spacecraft. But it could also be just junk. But most of our junk is not black. Could it be could it be burnt up, maybe? Crispy junk. Crispy junk. I don't know. It does kinda like it comes down to a point. Almost like a I don't know, like a blade or like a claw, maybe. It looks like one of those Pokemon that was the in the cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the hell that was. I'm thrown off. None of these pictures look very convincing. That it's absolutely anything. Once you go into like Google Images and you type in Black Knight Satellite and you're looking at dozens of them all at once, I don't even know what to make of that. Is that real? Is anything real? It would be very interesting to know that there's something orbiting that's not ours. But you would think that there'd be more research directly towards it once they saw it in 1998. Because most of those pictures are from those shuttle missions when they were building the ISS. Unless it's just under lock and key already. It's just like one of those things where like, oh, fuck, that thing is not ours. And they just completely suppress it. And we're left with just these crappy images and 
some fragmented stories. Or it's just junk. Or it's just junk. <laughs> yeah. The one bone that I have to pick with this whole subject is the fact that it's listed as a, a conspiracy theory. Now, the theories around it, yeah, some of them could be taken as conspiracy theory, but to label the entirety of it as a a conspiracy theory is very odd to me. So, like, if you look it up, they list it as a conspiracy theory as if it doesn't exist. It definitely exists. Mm, yeah. It's just a matter of what it is. Well, so what makes this possible space junk so vastly different from all of the other stuff orbiting our planet to where it's listed as such, like a conspiracy? Is it the defined shape, the rigid nature of it? Like it looks more spacecrafty than the rest of the junk floating around us? There's a few factors I think why people categorize it in that is because it had a irregular orbit than all the other satellites that we had put up. And allegedly people have gotten radio frequencies back and forth from it. Could it be an old satellite or something? It could be old, like black project space technology that they're just like, ah, it's just junk. Hmm. Well, space isn't real. So no. Moving on to the roaring twenties guys, we got Jorgen Hals. And the next occurrence happened in 1927 by Norwegian civil engineer named Jorgen Halls, who picked up the alleged Black Knight transmission from his home in Oslo. During the recording, the signals would unexpectedly return to him moments later. Halls also perceived this was an alien phenomenon. He had discovered long-delayed echoes, or LDEs, which are radio echoes which return to the sender several seconds after a radio transmission has occurred. Delays of longer than 2.7 seconds are considered LDEs. So what caused these long-delayed echoes? He was unable to find an answer, yet he speculated the signal is reflected by the moon. Reflection from distant plasma clouds coming originally from the sun, ducting in the Earth's magnetosphere at low HF frequencies, or use of automated probes as a potential means of contact with extraterrestrial civilizations. So he was just crapshooting. Yeah, at that point, you're just throwing up anything and seeing what sticks. Can this thing get seen by a regular telescope? I'm sure if you could pinpoint where its trajectory is in orbit, I guess. You're able to see the ISS with a telescope. Yeah. As long as you can follow it, as long as you can track it. You can see the ISS with the naked eye, not its little nodes and doodads, but. Well, this one not having lights, I'm sure you would need some sort of, I don't know that it's going to emit any kind of light, especially if it is all black, mm. then it's not really reflective. And yeah. It'd be hard. Be a little harder. Yeah. Especially against the backdrop of space. Maybe that's why it took us so long to see it is because we needed to be above it to have the backlight of the planet. Would make sense. Because if you're looking at it at a certain angle, you're not going to see it unless you see the Earth below it. Yeah. Let's jump to the 1950s. Four years before the launch of Sputnik 1 in 1953, the Black Knight satellite was, quote, spotted by Dr. Lincoln La Paz of the University of New Mexico. La Paz was involved in UFO investigations on behalf of the military during the late 1940s and early 1950s which included the Roswell UFO incident 
1947, the New Mexico Green Fireballs, which began in the late 1948, continued through the early 1950s, and the search for near-Earth orbiting satellites in 1954, along with fellow New Mexico astronomer Clyde Tombach, who actually discovered Pluto in 1930. Donald Keough, a Marine Corps naval aviator, journalist, and UFO researcher, claimed in 1954 that the United States Air Force had discovered two satellites circling Earth. This was just three years before the launch of the first man-made satellite, Sputnik 1. In 1955, Keough published The Flying Saucer Conspiracy, in which he accused areas of the U.S. government of conspiring to conceal knowledge of flying saucers. You think? Maybe. Kehoe was also co-founder of the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, NICAP, very famously in 1956. He was one of numerous notable professional, military, or scientific persons on the board of directors, lending the group Gravitas that many other contemporary flying saucer clubs lacked. So he gave it. He gave it a little, uh, a little nut, a little pizzazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little nut. He gave it some nut. Yeah. In 1956, Donald Kehoe was shot in the back of the head in a Denny's parking lot at 3 a.m. by an unmarked vehicle. Is that what? Is that a real stat? Is that real? No, but it could be right. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, damn. <laughs> I was like. Shit, dude. Uh, This is some big names involved, though. Donald Kehoe, we've definitely mentioned before doing some UFO stuff. Tesla, obviously. It's debatable that Tesla even found anything. He could have just picked up some lightning strikes from far, far away or something like that. Yeah, definitely clout chasing Tesla. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of all people. Yeah, right. In 1957, the Black Knight satellite was once again in the headlines by Dr. Luis Corrales of the Communications Ministry in Venezuela. He photographed a mysterious object that was seen, quote, shadowing Sputnik. The object was in polar orbit, but at that time, neither the Americans nor the Russians had the technology or ability to maintain a satellite in polar orbit, and the Russians and American satellites at the time were orbiting from west to east, utilizing the Earth's natural rotation to maintain orbit speed. So if it wasn't the United States, and it wasn't the Russians, who placed it there, and how could it be orbiting the way that it is? Having it shadow Spudnik, though, is very strange. Because then wouldn't that show somewhat some type of intelligence? Unless it's just the natural orbiting stream and they both fell into it. I thought this thing wasn't orbiting like it had a different orbit than most of our other satellites, though. It was polar orbit. So instead of going this way, it's going this way. And that's how they decided to shoot Sputnik off? No, Sputnik was going west to east. So how was it shadowing Sputnik? They probably intersected and okay. it started following it. So, I mean, that might just be a coincidence then. Wait, so it changed its orbit after Sputnik went by? It's allegedly. It's the conspiracy. Allegedly. 
if Dr. Lewis from 57 of Venezuela is a credible source, there's something to that. Let's call him. <laughs> In 1960, the Black Knight was again in the media as researchers spotted the mysterious satellite again in polar orbit. In Time magazine, it was noted that the weight of the Black Knight satellite was calculated and estimated that the object weighs over 15 tons. How the fuck do they know that? They don't. Again, neither the Americans or Russians had the technology to send up a satellite that heavy into space. Uh, I still don't understand how they're calculating that weight. What if it's all hollow? So if I send a picture of a brick to NASA made out of styrofoam, are they going to tell me that it's the weight of a styrofoam brick or uh, that of a concrete one? More than likely what they did is some sort of calculations on its speed based on gravity and how fast something should be going in the uh. orbit and... Hey, it's very long-winded. Space isn't real. doesn't matter. Hogwash, dude. Hogwash. You know, the more we do stuff like this, the more I think space isn't real. It just can't be. There's no way. Is the Black Knight caught in the firmament? That's the automated window cleaner. The automated pool cleaner on the outside of our dome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we eat, we eat. It's the giant Roomba that cleans, but also perpetuates the climate change narrative. <laughs> it broadcasts it into people's heads. It goes past the hole in the ozone and just shoots flames. Just because. <laughs> Raise the temperature. Additionally, research showed that the Black Knight moved twice as fast as any other man-made satellite in orbit. Robert L. Johnson, director of Alder Planetarium, stated that the Black Knight Quote, it was very unpredictable and did not keep up with a regular schedule. It would appear sometimes and sometimes it didn't. It was very unpredictable and it is very difficult to actually see it in the sky. End quote. On September 3rd of 1960, the Black Knight first appeared on radar. For about two weeks, people on the surface could see it with their own eye holes. The Grumman Aircraft Corporation also photographed it. According to reports, the Department of Defense was also interested in the satellite and allegedly hired astronomer Clyde W. Tombaugh to conduct a study, but no reports were ever made public. Oh, Tombaugh comes back in the picture again. Mm. That's a little sus. A little sus. They wanted to do a study and then they didn't make it public. Not saying that they have to. Obviously, there's a lot of classified stuff, but I wonder if we could get that through a... Freedom of Information Act request. Yeah, we'll get it when we're in our 50s. Hey, at least we'll get it. In 1963, astronaut Gordon Cooper was orbiting the Earth when he said he saw a glowing green light ahead of his space capsule. At the same time, a tracking station in Australia, over which the spacecraft was orbiting at the time, reported seeing the object on radar. The evening news reported on Cooper sighting the object was referred to as the Black Knight satellite. The name stuck, but Cooper's report did not. Curious, curious. Mm. Yeah, it gets even more curious. NASA soon debunked Cooper's UFO sighting, claiming that there had been a malfunction in the space capsule, which caused the gases to emit what appeared as a glowing light. Where have we heard swamp gas and gases before with UFOs? Sus alert, sus alert. <laughs> it's the space swamp gas. Yeah. 
The result, NASA said, was that Cooper had a hallucination and did not see the UFO. Man, they went from gas to laughing gas real quick. It's a stretch. Now, Cooper later confirmed that he definitely had seen a UFO on his 1963 space orbit and that NASA had prohibited him from discussing it. Until his death in 2004, Cooper claimed that he did not have an hallucination in the spacecraft, but in fact saw a UFO. He was very vocal during his lifetime about his belief in the existence of extraterrestrial life and his frustration that the United States government continued to cover up evidence of alien contacts. I've seen his interviews before, and that guy's eyes are like somebody who's seen Alien. Like in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> it just gl- yeah. looks glazed over, man. Like he's seen some shit. Or is he fucking nuts? That's what I'm asking. Hmm. Maybe it's that swamp gas. In 73, a Scottish astronomy and science fiction author, Duncan Lunan, wrote that he had, quote, identified and deciphered a hidden radio message in outer space. Radio emissions that predate human existence. The message was found by comparing star maps from different eras, and one thing stood out as peculiar, the constellation of Arcturus. He began to analyze Hal's signals by mapping the delay times against the sequence in which the echoes were received. By doing that, he concluded that the signals originate from a star called Epsilon Bautis, several light years away from the Earth. There's so many different reports of radio signals out in distant space, too. It's not necessarily that it's coming from intelligent life forms or some sort of technology, right? Like, Radio waves could just be a type of wave that exists out in space. Yeah. Like a pulsar gives off radio waves. Why are we always freaked out about fucking radio waves found in distant space? I think we just relate it because that's something that we use as communication. Who sent that code out back in the 70s? Is that the Carl Sagan code? Yeah, that disc. Oh, the disc. Was that on the Voyager? Yeah. Yeah, Voyager 1. It was a golden disc, and it had a star map, a diagram of a person, and I think four Doors songs. I don't know. It had something on it. but (laughs) Gave the fucking Borg a map to our planet. that's what they did. (laughs) Lunan says the deciphered message said, quote, Start here. Our home is Epsilon Bautis, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven, coming from the sun which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first and third planets each have one. Our probe is in the position of Arcturus, known in our maps. End quote. But like, sixth planet from what direction? You know, from the sun. The second one. The larger one. Your sun. From the sun. (laughs) I do notice a lot of these extraterrestrial messages always include a double star, like a binary system. I think that's because binary systems are more prevalent than a single star system like ours. Unless you believe in, you know, the black sun. There's been a lot of that going on. Did you guys see the conspiracy theory on TikTok about the second object in our sky? during the wildfires and that's what the wildfires were doing was hiding it very weird oh it was hiding the uh planet x 
Yes. Yes. Nibiru. The Anunnaki are back. The Anunnaki are here. But Mike, you, you raised a fantastic question. How exactly does one navigate in space? Like, have we figured that out as a civilization? Because I'm pretty sure most of our probes, we just point it in a direction and just ship it off. Mm. Like, does north, south, east, and west really exist in space? Like, how does one go about navigating? That's also a good question. 3D navigation. Uh, yeah. Like, how do you... I don't know. It's very weird. It's infinite. How do you quantify? <laughs> Arcturus is actually a giant red star in the northern hemisphere of Earth's sky, and it is the brightest star in the constellation Bates, which is known as the Herdsman. Arcturus is also among the brightest stars that can be seen from Earth, and Epsilon Bates is a real star in that constellation, like we said. These are all real places. Now, my question with this is, was the probe in position of this constellation if you're looking at it through a telescope and that's how he figured out the transmission or was this the transmissions that he was just randomly picking up in the sky i don't know i i feel like a lot of this stuff is just happenstance the guy from norway he used his experiments from the 20s and reanalyzed them and this is how it translated in english which is was was he doing some type of morse code was he bad at it or was he just doing something fanciful? Because there's that, f- forget which, which is it the Arecibo message or is it, uh, there's one in UK we talked about in crop circles where it's actually got the long message that's been transcribed. So a lot of these are, they're all very similar. And one thing that comes to mind for me is that we would do this. We did it with Voyager, but we would send out a message like this. You know, the earth is in a star system with eight, nine other planets. We have, uh, ring of rocks around us there's one sun this many moon like we would do something like that so Mm, that's how we would describe it yeah maybe it's a message from future us that too and we're out there at bodies yeah or past us a difference in time right so light years away puts however many years between now and then we voyaged out there. That's it. We're giving ourselves directions. It could be coming from that constellation from 13,000 years ago, which comes with this object that could have been here for 13,000 years. Is it something that we left here mm. from the past, or is it something that showed up from the future? You know, everything's been weird. Dimensional shifts, shit like that. Lunin argued that the message originated from a planet that orbits another star in the Bautis constellation, Epsilon Bautis. And some people believe all of these events can be explained by a non-organic, non-human-made Black Knight satellite. Unfortunately, most believe the theory to not really hold too much weight. But if it were true, what a message to receive. That's interesting. I thought Lunin's account was probably the most connected with this with this topic because while cooper mentioned the black knight satellite or that's when the inception of the name came in i feel like this guy really 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 took it to another level with the message yeah he actually interacted with it instead of just viewing it tried to get something from it yeah he's got an interesting take on it if those messages are real and and that's what he was receiving and the translation of all that is correct that's pretty wild 
Imagine if he screwed up and it's like, we're coming to kill you in the year of 20 something. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we're coming from. So you know where the missiles came from, where the planet destroyers came from. (laughs) Write about us before you perish. Hushlings, we will return after these brief messages. Greetings, Hushlings. The boys are back for another cult initiation ceremony. This time we find ourselves in a Japanese new religious movement and doomsday cult founded by Shoko Asahara in 1987. This group was responsible for the Matsumoto sarin attacks in 1994 and the deadly Tokyo subway sarin attack in 1995. Eventually splitting into two separate groups, it was designated a terrorist organization by several countries including Russia, Canada, Japan, and the European Union. Their founder and six followers were executed as punishment for the 1990s attacks and other crimes. Six additional followers were executed in 2018. We explored their founder, history, doctrine, attacks, current activities, and more as we investigate the Japanese doomsday cult of Aum Shinrikyu. Streaming everywhere, Monday, July 17th. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. A little bit more about our friends from NASA. The Space Shuttle Endeavour Mission STS-88 in 1998 launched the Unity Node, which connects Russian and U.S. segments, and it was the first mission to the International Space Station. During one of the spacewalks of the Endeavour STS-88 mission, one of the covers came loose from its tether, causing it to float away along with some other items. Commander Robert Cabana said, quote, Jerry, one of the thermal covers, got away from you. He was saying this to Ross during the spacewalk, and it soon became apparent that the cover was lost for good. The entire incident was captured on camera. This black object was given a catalog number by NASA, 025570. And most, that's quote most, of the information has been placed on the record. There for all to see were images that were released by NASA that showed a black object hovering above our planet in low Earth orbit. And it wasn't long after the images were thrust in front of the public before people were performing some conspiratorial ideas, and as they would. It's odd, because these photos, they're obviously taken from different angles and different times and stuff, but the angles don't make sense to one another. It's almost like they're all different objects. That's what it seems like. Like if you're looking at all these pictures, Mm. none of them, it doesn't look like, oh, that part could belong to part A from picture one. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't gel. I see what you mean. And there's also been some of these theories, especially on Reddit, that talk about this thing can morph into different types of shapes, but oddly similar all the time. Now there are two pictures on here that we have. There's the top right and the one directly below it where it actually could be the same object at a different angle. You see the bottom, how there's those fins that are hanging out. It looks like that could be that object just turned at a different angle, but that's the most famous object top, right? It's like the most famous photograph of this object. 
Yeah, and it looks like something from Halo. But it does. I, I, I don't know about morphing so much. I mean, it's possible, but there also are ways of creating such an abstract object in shape that you can have several different shapes depending on what angle you're looking at it. This thing could just be so bizarrely shaped that no matter how you're looking at it, it's going to look a little bit different. Things do exist like that. Now, the odd shape of it also kind of pushes towards space junk. Like something that broke off or something that is destroyed or partially destroyed. Yeah, it might not be American. I mean, American or not, it just doesn't have any kind of like geometric type of shape to it. It doesn't look very aerodynamic. It looks clunky. looks like junk. Well, most of our satellites are clunky. If you look at a more high-res picture of that one on the top right, like if you just Google Black Knight Satellite, you'll find that picture in sort of better definition. I could see that thing being a spaceship. It's enhanced a little bit and looks a little bit more rigid and defined. The back portion, top portion, I could see those being like some sort of thrusters or something. I don't know. It could be my imagination. I might be making stuff up. And I see what Frank is talking about. I'm looking at this higher resolution picture of it. And most of the pictures, when you Google it, it's showing it in a vertical position, you know, going upright. But if you were to turn that image on its side, it does look like a ship. And I see what Frank is talking about with the positioning of the thrusters and this being the front of the ship. If you look at the very top there, there's that little bump that has a slight reflection to it. Yeah, the little clit up on top. You could say that's some sort of uh, glass or viewing bubble. Maybe not a bubble, but some sort of see-through reflective pane. There's just so many different pictures of this thing in so many different shapes once you really dive into it. A few days later, this item they spoke of, the 025570, in case you want to look it up, fell from orbit and burned up. Currently, the space agency refers to the strange entity as STS-088-724-66. Again, if you want to Google that, go right ahead. In its catalog of space junk floating in low Earth orbit, or within 1,200 miles. So, yeah, it's still there. Former NASA engineer James Oberg, who personally knows Ross and the person who took the photos, cosmonaut Sergei Krikalev, says that these supposed images of the Black Knight actually depict a very mundane object. But, of course, why, you know, NASA's never lied to us. Come on. Literally Nazis. They haven't. Dude, the more you watch Star Wars stuff and realize that the Empire is just space Nazis, like everything yeah. makes sense. Everything yeah, makes sense. For sure. What if it's the Nazis? The Black Knight satellite? Yeah. You know, we've been real light on Nazi talk lately. Yeah. <laughs> Loop it back in, boys. It's a Nazi ship. The name Black Knight itself oddly kind of would go along with something that they would do. And NASA's trying real hard to not look into it that much, quite obviously. The high-ranking ones are with their heads in jars and stuff. Yeah, that's their little off-world vault. Oh, the DNA vault. 
Yeah. Oh, that's see now that's one thing that's talked about with Egypt and the Anunnaki as well in Sumer. They talk about the DNA vaults in some of the transcriptions and some of the pictures and hieroglyphs. And this thing supposedly has been here for what, 13,000 years. So eh, yeah, it's a Sumerian timeline and who knows? Weren't the Anunnaki supposed to be like beaked looking individuals as well? Like giant gods with beaks. Maybe that's just the top beak. It's their spaceship. They're just beaks. That's their ship. <laughs> They're just bird people. <laughs> They're bird people. That's why birds are real. It's the, it all comes full circle. That's it. <laughs> All right. It's been a good one, guys. Yeah. Final thoughts. We figured it out. <laughs> birds aren't real. Maybe that's it. Birds are just the minions of the ancient Sumerians. Fuck, man. The code's been cracked. Well, Hushlings, it's been a good run. You guys better board up your windows. They're coming. <laughs> Fucking bird people are coming. <laughs> Now we got to ask ourselves, could this object have been brought here to observe us like some crazy space reality television show during our major global disasters or even further thought, could it have caused them? There are countless theories about alien intervention, hybridization and abductions. So why wouldn't an extraterrestrial civilization monitor the flesh monkeys here on Earth? Earth TV, baby, $14.99 a month. Intergalactic. No commercials for $16.99. No ads. <laughs> that would be a terrible streaming service. They give you human ads. It'd be the worst. It'd probably be entertaining. It would Could just be. add to the value, honestly. You know, squirrel commercials. I'd pay to see that. They're interesting questions. I mean, could it have caused stuff? I don't think so. But why wouldn't you send a probe to see something happening on another planet that's catastrophic? We would observe something like that. We do it all the time. I mean, we do it to a dead planet. So, yeah, why not? Maybe said aliens planet is very similar to Earth and they want to see and observe what it's like to be smacked by comets or something like that. There's many far-reaching theories with this. It goes down pretty much every rabbit hole, and I think that's why there's some far-reaching stuff. Could this technology be from another civilization like we just asked? We just talked about a little while ago that this could be from a previous civilization that may actually be terrestrial. We humans are notorious explorers, and we send out our own probes, like I just said. But one other question I'm thinking about, could it be the Hollow Earth people? Why has it always got to be the fucking Hollow Earth people, Dave? Shouldn't they just stay in there? Why are they out here? They just want to be left alone, man. True. But wouldn't you want to watch us? They don't care about us. We dropped the bombs and they got upset. I think we're at the point now where the Hollow Earth people are rooting for us to be wiped out. But they can come back up. From space? Where they'll never go because they're stuck inside of Hollow Earth? (laughs) I mean, I think there's a difference between being indifferent about the survival of a species and and just getting enjoyment or pleasure out of watching them destroy each other and go extinct. Black Knight Satellite is probably a satellite put there by the inner Earth people, and it's like pay-per-view MMA. They're just waiting for us to get annihilated or annihilate (laughs) ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> they got the buffalo wings and the popcorn and the, the brewskis. Like UFC 200 or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, UFC 13,000 years later. 
One theory suggests that the origin of the Black Knight satellite isn't alien, but actually an ancient human creation. The idea here is that an ancient race of humans, as we were just speaking about, or other intelligent non-human creatures of Earth, were scientifically advanced and launched the satellite before becoming extinct. It does fit the timeline since it allegedly arrived here about 13,000 years ago, as Dave just mentioned, which is right in the time period of cataclysmic climate changes, which is now called the Younger Dryas. There's another theory that takes a little bit different line. Some believe that the Black Knight satellite is not actually still in orbit, and that's because it was supposedly shot down in 2017 when this entire thing came on the internet by storm by none other than the infamous group of powerful world overlords known as the Illuminati. All right, here it is. The Illuminati, they manufactured and made TR-3Bs because they're in the shape of the Eye of Providence. They went up and they shot the Black Knight down because it actually belongs to the Anunnaki who are actively watching us and the Illuminati are actually the good guys in this scenario because they're trying to protect us from the Sumerians and those goddamn bird people. It's pretty wild. <laughs> I tried looking. How far away is the Black Knight satellite from Earth? It's within 1,200 miles. Uh, if you're patrons, you heard our Operation Fishbowl episode. Do you think that they were trying to shoot the Black Knight satellite at the sky? With fucking nukes? Yeah, just fuck it. Just end it for all. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it's not in orbit anymore, right? Apparently the last sighting was in 2018. And if it was in low Earth orbit, apparently anything within low Earth orbit falls back to Earth within 25 years of it being launched up there. Obviously, the time increases the further out said object mm. would be launched once you got out of low earth orbit it could be up there for 150 years further up it could be up there for 2000 3000 years if it got launched up there 13000 years ago there is a chance that slowly over the course of 13000 years it fell to earth very gradually but what are the odds of that if it were to be some sort of watch us device some sort of i don't know camera in the sky from somebody S hmm. surveillance you would want to keep that low and close i'm still stuck on the theory that it's the hollow earth people it was a polar orbit their holes are at the tip and the bottom supposedly rest in peace admiral bird Maybe it's Admiral Bird. <gasps> Birds. Bird. Oh, Fuck. there it is. <laughs> together, man. It's all fucking coming together. Hitler's little hideaway. The eagle's nest. Birds. Fucking birds, man. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to. Hushlings, you heard it here first. We have figured it out. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Taking it back to the theory of the Illuminati shooting down the Black Knight satellite, supporters of this idea claim that there exists footage of the actual event, the shooting, showing an alien escape pod being triggered from the satellite in amongst a flash of bright white light. The footage, which is said to have been unwittingly leaked, also supposedly shows an Illuminati warplane piloted by elite soldiers blasting the ancient satellite out of the sky. Space Force! 
All of this sounds amazing. Secret Wars. I would love to see that footage. Dude, Paranoid American needs to write a whole comic line about this epic (laughs) battle that happened. What is an Illuminati warplane? It's probably really cool. It's a Nazi jet. (laughs) Despite this, no debris from the apparent crash was ever recovered and no solid evidence of either the Illuminati or the alien satellite itself has ever been confirmed. There's also been further claims since then, including as recently as 2020, when the satellite footage from the Philippines showed a curious object floating in the sky, leading some, including the alien enthusiast Scott C. Waring, to propose that it could be the Black Knight once again. Psst, the return. 2020, baby. Maybe the Black Knight satellite is part of the Blue Beam PSYOP. It's propagated by the government. I mean, we did put prop tanks in World War II and stuff for them to bomb fake little things. So somebody just puts a, a prop alien spacecraft up like Elon Musk's Tesla that's floating out there. Wasn't there a camera hooked up to that thing? I believe. That was fake as shit, dude. Let's just access that feed and see if we can find the Black Knight. <laughs> Elon, turn it on. The fucking dead hooker that he tried to send up into space comes out of the, the trunk. <laughs> what yeah some people think that he put a dead body into the tesla and that's why he (laughs) sent it up into space (laughs) see we could do an entire episode on elon's tesla that launched into space except it's true crime it's not even a theory this dude killed a hooker oh my god (laughs) this dude killed a hooker Maybe it was like a DeLorean. It was just packed with cocaine. He was sending it to the slave colonies on Mars. I could definitely see Elon Musk power trip strangling a hooker in like a cheap motel room. Oh, for sure. I could see that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Lastly, there is the Mars object. And personally to me, I think this is probably the biggest crock of shit that could come out of this conspiracy theory. There is a YouTuber called Secure Team 10 that believes they have found a similar object on satellite images on the Martian surface. Realistically, the images that we have are most likely a landslide or some type of ancient water feature and not a landed Black Knight satellite. Well, crock of shit or not, I'd like to take a second to tell our listeners to go check out Secure Team 10. I've been watching that dude since I was probably like 12 years old. Much less frequently nowadays, but still, he's a very good source for like UFO sighting news. He, he's real good with the UFO sightings, whether they're a crock of shit or not, whether you believe them or not, he's very up to date. In conclusion, according to Senior Education Support Officer Martina Redpath of Arma Planetarium in Northern Ireland, quote, Black Knight is a jumble of completely unrelated stories. Reports of unusual science observations, authors promoting fringe ideas, classified spy satellites, and people over-interpreting photos. These ingredients have been chopped up, stirred together, and stewed on the internet to one rambling and inconsistent dollop of myth. She's angry. Yeah, that's personal. Of course, there's no actual consensus on which object specifically the Black Knight satellite really is. And as it stands for Black Knight satellite conspiracy theorists, no explanation for these pieces of evidence or any other can rule out its existence. 
All right, gentlemen, Reddit. Now our Reddit goes into actually the subreddit of Black Knight Satellite. Yes, there's lots of weirdos. Actually, not lots of weirdos on there. There's maybe like 46 people talking about it. So not very widely talked about. The user Fantax states, and bear with me, Hushlings, this is a two-paragraph run-on sentence. So enjoy. Well, it's not that strange of a theory. If there was a super advanced and I'm using super advanced on purpose because when Graham Hancock says advanced civilization, I don't think he means sci-fi advanced, just more proficient than what we thought they were. Civilization on our planet in the past, who could put anything into orbit? Chances are they would put their library there before whatever impending doom that wiped them out hit us, which, as I understand, is the most credible theory relating to older civs and the Black Knight satellite that is out there. But who knows? It could just be a piece of space debris that looks weird from certain angles that got stuck in such a weird orbit. Or it could be the objects we have in our orbit that exhibit a very unique and strange orbit. The moon example is a very unique orbit. And this could be, quote, man-made. What if the fucking library of Alexandria is orbiting Earth? God, it would make sense. They said it burnt down, but realistically, it's in low Earth orbit just up there and the library is not a library of knowledge but a library of dna mm. good oh god god the birds user vlad the inhaler zero responded it got me wondering about what it takes to maintain and orbit i looked up low earth orbits and leo is from 100 miles to 1240 miles and an object would need sufficient speed to maintain this orbit I suppose we would have to know its speed and distance from Earth's surface to figure out if something strange is happening. Still, it doesn't rule out this being an object from modern times or something older that is orbiting naturally. My biggest problem with this entire thing is that if it's really there, why do we have more data on other planets, other stars, other constellations, everything else. We know the compositions of stars a billion light years away, but we still don't have any information on this thing. None. Other than maybe it weighed a certain amount of tonnage and it's black. It's elusive, very elusive. Or th that may point to actual intelligence behind it. Maybe in us trying to observe it and us trying to track it and whatever other data that we're trying to get from it, it's been avoiding us or it goes and hides for a couple of years. And There's the account of a Muamua. Everybody thought that that was some mothership or some probe or something like that. And it was essentially rock. So could this just be a piece of space junk that is actually monitoring us that looks like space junk it mimics space junk because that's what we have around our earth, a giant landfill of metal and thermal blankets. In regards to Oumuamua, who told us it was rock? NASA. Oh. <laughs> yeah, take into account where we're getting our information and you got to judge whether that's, that's sufficient for you or not. So in regards to the Black Knight satellite, where we're getting our information from, you can leverage your opinion just based off of that. Well, boys, let's get into our final thoughts on this, because I have a couple things floating around in my head. So I'd be interested to see what you guys are thinking. 
Dave, what do you got? I want to believe that it's an extraterrestrial object, whether it's monitoring us or it's broadcasting something or it's just there and it's old. But that's, I think, just my pull of wanting aliens to be real and us not being alone. This object is really strange. It's captivated me for a couple of years now, but I just can't dig too, too much other than the theories from the 19th and 20th century. And they're just theories. They're just weird, fragmented stories. So could they all be true and about this one object? Possibly. Is this object just space junk? Possibly. I think it would take a really, really definitive answer of us actually being in space to see it if it's still there. I don't know about this one. I think it's uh, intriguing. All right. So firstly, it's interesting that the DOD took an interest in this thing. And I was wondering along the lines of some sort of resource. If we're looking at the Black Knight, it kind of alludes to some sort of black metallic object. I'm wondering if somehow they got some sort of piece of this, a fragment or something, and saw, yeah, this is stronger than, it's, it's more bulletproof than anything, or it has a stronger chemical makeup of anything that we have here. And they were thinking we could use this for defensive, offensive, tanks, body armor, whatever. That was an interesting thought that I had just running through my head thinking about this. A lot of me still is very much stuck on it being space debris. The radio signals coming from it, they're very interesting, but you got to take that with a grain of salt because it's kind of being translated third hand, uh, these radio signals. So I wouldn't take that to heart, but I'm kind of stuck on, on space debris, honestly. So that's where I'm at. I know it's it's underwhelming. Slick Frog Sanders, tell us what you got. Frog's final thought. I think the odds of the Black Knight satellite being space debris or space junk are high, but when it comes to space technology, something as simple as a space blanket or a thermal cover is incredibly expensive, even though in the grand scheme of things, it's probably a drop in the bucket. And if there's one thing I know about corporations, which NASA is pretty much just a corporation, they keep track of their junk and their scrap, and every single dollar is accounted for. And with that being said, if the Black Knight satellite were to be just space space junk, they would probably know where it came from, that being NASA, and had put an end to this you know, whenever this came about on the internet, they could say, well, this was from XYZ, which they did. They, uh, apparently it's this thermal cover, but there's pictures of like thermal covers floating in space, damaged space blankets. And I don't know if, if that's it, it could be like we said, there's, there's a bunch of weird different angles and it looks different from different angles that could be conclusive with a space blanket. But I like the idea that it's from some sort of past civilization that was more advanced than us that left behind a little bit of debris some older space junk from a more advanced civilization 
maybe that could be why they were getting radio signals off of the thing. I'm not sure. I'm not too fond of any of the uh, the deciphering stories. You know, that this guy said that the Black Knight satellite was saying X, Y, Z. I, I don't know how much I buy into all that. But yeah, probably debris. But I'd like to think that it's not from the past 200 years. Which would be super interesting because there's all these ancient cultures accounts of this massive battle in space above them. Could it be debris from that, you know, like weird E.T. war that allegedly is in myth and lore? It is an interesting one. Well, Hushlings, that's going to do it. It's going to do it for us in the Black Knight satellite. What did you think? Was there anything that we missed? Anything that we should have mentioned? Anything that we lost in our research? Did we uh, float in the abyss of space? Let us know. Reach out to us at our email, contact at hushhushsociety.com. Next debriefing, we'll be looking into the Doomsday Cult of Om Shinriko that will be streaming everywhere on Monday, July 17th. Don't forget, patrons of the Hush, our next exclusive debriefing, we will be checking in and checking out some FEMA camps on Thursday, July 20th. Thanks again for joining us for another debriefing of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Sick Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.